the Renegade Yogi podcast experience. Join myself, Sorananda, and this episode's guest as we explore yoga in the modern world. Prepare yourself as we will experience yoga like never before. So how's it going? It's been, I think the last time we chatted was, um, I think like almost a couple months ago now on your um, podcast, Consciousness on Tap. And I I would say since then, a lot has changed in my life. Um, And so, yeah, I'm just curious to know how things are going for you up in Alaska. So it's been pretty cool. Uh, The summer has been really nice. Like we've had a lot of super sunny days and um, I've been doing, I guess, a lot of uh, manifesting and clearing and spiritual work like on myself and then also with others like they for like two seconds here where I live in Juneau, they um, sort of lifted the mandate mask wearing for people that were vaccinated and so everyone regardless of whether they got vaccinated or not just like took their masks off and threw them to the wind and um that was a beautiful thing for a while i felt like my spirits were lifted and um and then just recently here uh they've had this huge spike in the delta variant and everyone's been sick and so they're just like on major they're trying to lock us down again and shut everything down. But hope, like, thank God the towns and some cojones and like just refuse. Um, so I was actually kind of proud of the town that I live in, in it for the first time in a long time about that. But um, and personally, since I've seen you and we've done a podcast together, like <laughs> all kinds of things have changed. I actually moved off of my boat. Um, and now I moved back onto my boat and I bought a float house. <laughs> so I'm like buying up all the real estate in the downtown harbor in Alaska. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've just been really um, doing a lot of introspective work and a lot of deep healing and uh, having, I don't know, obstacles of like belief systems or um, perceptions that might have been stifling to kind of allow those to like release and come up on in their own way and kind of show me how I can learn and deeper and how I can show up deeper in my life. And I'm really working on right now, like not willing everything into existence because um, I can be kind of a force to be reckoned with and I think I use that to kind of will everything and I'm really working on letting go of and just kind of allowing things to unfold that are supposed to unfold 
and that's been um it's been really challenging for me so far but it's good like it's uh, it's good to be able to kind of let go of this like false sense of control because that's kind of what it is you know yeah and and letting like um just the frustration and like anger and resentment and <laughs> like just lower vibrational uh frequencies that you know we all kind of like harbor inside of us in certain areas to kind of allow them to show themselves in ways that's more of them like teaching me how to heal myself and um, so that's been that's been really interesting and had a lot of really cool things you know happen it's just like a life of synchronicities and um uh one of the things that i've really been wanting to manifest is like um people almost like you know comrades like like-minded people not to share every view that i have but just to be kind of on their own spiritual journey to be more in my vicinity um and i've met a lot of magical people and i've had a lot of magical people come to a lot of the events that i've been holding and that's been really healing for me to have um you know people like within my community i can reach out to because you know i think the spiritual path can be lonely at times for some of us and um yeah so that's been really nice to feel like secure enough um and wanting enough and able to receive enough to be able to like have people in my community you know to connect with that's mm-hmm. really cool yeah i noticed even in my life and the in the community here in edmonton um several years ago the community being fairly strong and um fairly connected through just events and parties and festivals um workshops and meditations and all that stuff and then seeing how i took a step back out of it not really out of my own will but because of the partnership that I was in. So one of the new things is that the, you know, the partnership that I've been in for the last five years is slowly coming to an end. Um, we haven't fully come to terms with that fact. Um, I am in a new space. So as you can see, my, you know, my room, my backdrop is a little bit different, but, um, the first thing that happened to me over the last couple of weeks was reintegrating back into that community and reintegrating back into um, just the group of people that I've met and become such good friends with where I feel like I did a disservice to them in kind of stepping, a, taking a step back and no longer really facilitating the way that I was. And now I just feel like I'm like this phoenix, right? And I'm like re-emerging. And I went to a festival a couple weeks ago and just like seeing everyone that I would normally see but I haven't seen in even like a couple years due to not only, um, you know, the pandemic and the lockdowns and everything, but also my own interpersonal journey of stepping away because of this person in my life that's, 
um, is and was important to me, right? But then feeling over time that um, it wasn't about just spending time with this person. It really was like I was being taken away from something and without the recognition that um, a group of people who are seeking love and bliss and connection through spirituality is a really important thing. And I even feel like um, something that isn't really discussed or, or spoken about in the world is that over the course of the pandemic, what stopped largely over the world were spiritual gatherings and events and um, festivals. Because if you really think about it prior to the pandemic and like 20 to 30 years um, or even more like 50 years since Woodstock, that over the course of the 50 years, it became a societal norm for tens of thousands and even hundreds of thousands of people to travel around the world and gather together for these music festivals. And then what starts, what happened was that these music festivals grew into yoga festivals and meditation festivals and seminars of just all types of spirituality to gather people together where up until the pandemic you have like who knows millions of people every day traveling the world to meet together to extend love and compassion and empathy and togetherness where all of that ended just in the blink of an eye everything was shut down and so to me that was a signifier of how powerful those events really were and what happens to humanity when that's taken away when suddenly when you're so used to going to three or four festivals a year and seeing all these amazing people and having these really amazing beautiful experiences to suddenly you're shut out in your home and you can't do anything for a year and and so i just really feel like it's not only in my life but it's in almost everyone's life of this re-emergence back into um, this sense of of togetherness and community. Um, so I think that's what's going to be a really big turning point for a lot of people on this planet is that um, we're going to be able to go back to do those things. And it's with a new kind of compassion. It's with a new kind of excitement and and just longing, right? Where... I think before in the past, you know, over 50 years of people getting used to it, you can kind of take advantage of it, right? It's just your norm in your life now. It's like, depending on where you live, especially if you're in the United States where you have access to um, like all types of festivals, you can drive to at any point, right? Where I think now, even with the limitation on, on some travel still, that there's this huge burst of, of, excitement to get back into those things and even the festival that i went to was just a small festival there was maybe 200 people and but it felt like a larger festival right just because of all the excitement and the energy of everyone yeah well i think it's underestimated too of how much we feel one another and when we're connected like that and 
that's why I think, um, you know, these festivals that you're talking about, like the workshops are amazing, the music can be amazing, the information that you receive is amazing, but really the energy of the group, like the collective, the consciousness collective is infectious. And that is very, very healing. And we're just such um, connected creatures. Like that is how we heal one another. That's how we heal. And I think that there is a newfound appreciation that was taken advantage of or that people kind of took for granted of how powerful that really is and how necessary that really is for our own uh, mental health and spiritual growth, physical well-being. I mean, it literally nourishes our organs to be around a, a healthy environment with people that are spiritually in alignment or working towards a higher level of frequency. Like, that's really palpable. And I find it really interesting that you're saying that, um, you know, that you had kind of uh, done yourself a disservice by kind of neglecting that part of your community or not really neglecting it, but maybe not giving it the connection or the attention that maybe you used to do when you were single. And I was literally just talking to uh, my boyfriend yesterday about this when we were on a walk because um, there has been times in the past where I have been in relationships um, with him because we've like gotten back together several times and same with my ex-husband you know I would leave and come back and leave and, and I think I was just trying to work it out you know because there really are deep connections with these people in my life and um, but I know that when I was married a lot of times I would kind of cut myself off from my spiritual path because and I don't blame my ex-husband at all. Like, I take full responsibility. But I I think that there can be a duality going on. I think that there's some people that, for some reason, the energy of the relationship um, kind of hinders our ability to connect with others, whether it's codependency or just shit that we haven't really worked out, right? And we, like, instead of, like, addressing that with our partners, because that can be a hard topic, we, like, double down on cutting ourselves off. So mm -hmm. we don't have to have the contact, you know? And I'm just speaking from my own experience, because I literally was just thinking about this yesterday, and I was like, it wasn't until, um, it wasn't until I, ha I put that first, like, connecting with Source first, connecting with my spiritual alignment first, that things really started to shift for me in my life. And one of those things that shifted was that my relationship with my ex-husband ended. And, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, um, that has to be, like, the most important thing for me. Like, that really is, like, my mental health. That's, like, how I um, connect with myself. That's how I feel spiritually healthy. That's how I feel physically healthy. That's how I'm able to cultivate compassion and connect with people and be more authentic. And I just find it really fascinating, though, how we can, we can, depending on what relationship we're in, for some reason, it's like, I don't know if it's because it's a reminder that the relationship isn't maybe what we want it to be or that it's a reminder that, like, that time has passed. Because relationships are really difficult to, like, 
have an expiration date, you know, because we're just so ingrained into our heads, like, that you find the one, and they're the one, and they complete you, and everything falls into place, and that's such a, it's such a farce, it's like, I, I do believe that people come into our lives and have lessons for us, have help us deal with, um, like, our shadow aspects that are very mm-hmm. difficult, and they shine the light on those things, but it's so easy for us to just be like, fuck them, because they, blah, 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 you know what I mean? It's like, it's really easy to miss all the good parts really being able to look at how you attracted this into your life. Like, I love that stuff. That's, I think that that's just like what life is really about is to um, let go of those things, to have our trauma triggered so we can have that be our teacher, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, to cultivate more understanding so we can have compassion for, you know, when those things arise in our life or they arise in other people's lives. And, um, yeah, I'm sorry to hear, but I also love hearing that people are going through, like, transformation because I am such a, like, burn-it-all-down type of person that I just, on a whim, I'll just be like, nope, <laughs> just, like, go the total opposite direction. That's one thing I'm really, you know, I... So that's a good quality, but, you know, how much of that is, like, a defense mechanism? How much of that is, like, um, just a stubbornness or unwillingness, like, to uh, admit in real time that I might be overreacting, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the the analogy that I, I've, that was really helpful for me in understanding the kind of difference of dynamic between the two of us and... Um, kind of where we each took a one degree turn, you know what I mean? Like we're, our paths were parallel at the beginning and then we each took a course direction one degree off from each other that over five years ended up with a huge difference in distance between us Mm -hmm. is, um, when we, meet someone for the first time that we're attracted to inside our mind they are naked to us right so and in the sense that we don't really know anything about them and over time we dress the person in our mind so we dress them with the the memories and the experiences that we've had and it keeps happening over time and what i found in the difference is that I was doing my best to dress her with positivity. So anytime I would think about her and say if we got into an argument and that part of my mind is just kind of going off on um, whatever the argument was, I would I would allow my mind to express that, but then I would choose to dress her with positivity because I would think about, um, you know, the time we went to Brazil or the time we went camping or the time she took care of me when I came back from India and was really sick. So I would, I would continue to do that. And then what I realized is that with her, she was doing the opposite and she was finding ways to dress me with negativity. And that became a point of contention and we end up clashing because I'm wanting to come from this place of continuing the role of, 
of positivity where she can't help but do the opposite. And so over time, that ends up turning into behavioral patterns, right? Because then my behavior is to not listen to my mind that's judging and being all negative and to always see the um, the light of the situation and, and try to come to some kind of um, agreement or, uh, you know, beneficial compromise where on her end, because of all the negativity that she's dressing me with on her mind is that it led to just that one final straw that just was created the explosion of right between us and thinking about that i see how that is a just a tactic right it's just a strategy that I am implementing because of what I've learned from past relationships and what I'm learning as I as I go on so that I have a good sense of kind of where I'm at each day. And what I found interesting that happened was each kind of argument that we would have, I would always come back to that positivity and I'd always find a way to find a resolve within me and and choose her over everything and it was interesting because it was in this final time where that just didn't happen and it almost couldn't happen and the part of my mind that would be so vocal in in um supporting the relationship and and defending it was just suddenly completely silent and it shocked me at first because I, I didn't expect that, but then it started to grow into comfort and it started to really show me that there are things happening that if it's prolonged over time, it, it will make even more like worse situations. And so I was just basically guided and told like, okay, you have an opportunity here to see that you're worth so much love and as much love as you've been giving this person and for whatever reason she has this inability right now to want to be compassionate and loving and there's nothing you can do about it so just let go um be comfortable not knowing because who knows you know like it could be a couple months from now and we rekindle our emotional connection and everything is fine or it's a year from now or it's never right and so it, it's really interesting to see how that plays into what has happened over the last couple of years with the whole pandemic and the isolation and um you know like seeing how us a, a immediate change of our world and immediate change of our own habits and our own way of being can just affect everything in our life so i've that and that's why i like as so, as soon as this has happened i jumped right into doing the the festival and then my good friend chris um who i think you should definitely have on your pod podcast because he's a whole wealth of fucking knowledge he's intense but um he was 
Uh, he's a childhood friend of mine. He's a fellow yogi and sound healer. Like he does uh, sound healing as well and oh, play. I have to yeah. Sound yeah, and he makes he like medis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he um makes medicinal mushroom tinctures and herbal tinctures oh, and wow. yeah and like uh yeah so and i'm i'm now living um in his basement suite so he offered oh. a little um refuge um for the time being so um yeah so i'll have all my equipment and stuff available for him but um yeah so then i just i immediately had this outlet to reintegrate into with doing the festival and then going to do his cacao uh sound healing ceremony last weekend and just feeling really at peace with everything and and just continuing my life and realizing that like really nothing has changed in my life the only thing is like where i'm living but you know i'm still doing the job that i do i'm s still doing the yoga that i do still working out still working on music, still doing my podcast. So it's like everything that it, I'm moving towards is, is still happening with um, the subtraction of this person that I, you know, fell in love with and, and care so deeply for and um, just need to surrender that there's, there's really not much more I can do other than continue living my life. Yeah. Yeah, relationships are tough, you know, and I think that uh, – you know, they're hard enough. And with all the stuff that's gone on for the last two years and all the lead up that happened before that, it's like a lot of people's relationships were um, kind of built on a, a mutual understanding that you don't spend that much time together, you know, mm -hmm. or that you have all these busy other things going on. And so they weren't really... Um, they weren't really seeing one another and they weren't certainly weren't seeing each other like during a pandemic when people you know whether you were afraid or not the vibe of that fear pulsating through it's like if you weren't afraid of getting sick you were afraid of new world order fucking really coming into fortitude and all the conspiracy that you've studied for the last 20 years was actually happening in real time which mm -hmm. is very unsettling and scary like having your freedom ring taken away, being locked down, not being able to travel, having to wear a muzzle on your face, like all of these symbolic things and then have the indoctrination of six feet everywhere you go. They're singing songs on the in the grocery store lines. There's signs everywhere in case you're so dumb that you, you know, don't understand what's going on. Then you're just constantly reminded everywhere you go that, you know, you can't really um, – connect with a human being on a humanistic level because of the pandemic that was going on, which is insane. And I think a lot of relationships um, ended and were strained and were questioned and a lot of insecurities and deep, like deep, deep shadow work, deep things that people were hiding from themselves of how they react and the negativity that they might have been holding on to was very much activated and brought up to the surface on a lot of levels and you know me and my partner whom I, I love him so very much and like even when we do <laughs> put up for a while you know it's one thing I've come to um, really appreciate is just like after I burn the tower down or after the tower gets burned down is like what 
is left. And just this deep admiration and love. It's like just because these relationships ended in ways of what we thought they were, where they thought we thought that they were going to go, a lot of times we're just so quick to just write off that as just being like a waste of time. Like I've, I've listened, I've listened to a lot of people just talk about that they've wasted time. And I mean, to me, everything is a learning experience, even being in situations that don't work out the way that you think they are. So I think it's a beautiful thing. And I think it's a, a great thing. And one thing that I really thought about a lot, it's not what um, my boyfriend's what his expectations were of me. It was the expectations that I started putting on myself. It's like I started putting this chain on myself. I started dressing myself. Like I saw your analogy and I can see that, but I also feel it's like, I feel like when we come into relationships where we're naked, mm-hmm. like we feel like exposed and raw and just like this deep, you know, really high frequency of emotion you know where we're just kind of bouncing around and light on clouds and we don't use clothes and everything's working out and you know everything's beautiful and you know you see colors that you hadn't noticed before and um i think that we start also like dressing ourselves with these expectations of how we think based on like a non-verbal communication even because so many times in relationships, you know, it's like we'll have this like resentment. We'll notice we'll be like, oh, well, I was a dick to her. Where oh, fine, don't get me a spoon for my coffee in the morning, or you know, it's just, but we don't say anything. But it just adds up. It's, and then I hate to say it, like I'm not. It's not a women the man thing, but I think women do that more than men. I think that, I mean, just speaking from my own experience, like what you're talking about, how, you know, your girlfriend just was dressing you with negativity. I do that too, and it's a good thing for me to look at because I'm like, yeah, I, I walk away and I'm like, man, I don't want to treat you like this. I mm-hmm. really don't. And I'm, and like when I'm doing it, I'm doing it to myself as well. I'm dressing myself in negativity, so then I don't practice my spiritual work as much. And then it's like that burning it all down to the ground. All that gets incinerated, and I'm naked again. And then I get to go out and be like, oh, I love people you know i love you know i don't even mind going to the grocery store like i'll go and like have fun taking out my food or whatever you know it's just it's almost like you fall in love with yourself you Mm -hmm. know you can which is a beautiful thing and i don't know i i just the, the older i get i'm like nothing i don't i don't know like who knows it will either work or it won't but i think the beautiful thing really and I think it's a good, um, you know, unless something really horrible happens in a relationship, to really want the same amount of love for one not being together as you did being together. You know, I think that that is the wanting the best for people is really wanting the best for yourself. And that's a really beautiful way to love yourself and love them and just keep that vibration high. So. Yeah, and... That's the most important thing for me and what I realized in, like immediately um, when we decided to first go on a break and then <clears throat> the time away from each other and just the little communications becoming more and more obvious that it's okay that 
we're not going to be together. And the conversations that I have with my family and just a couple close friends is that I always, even though I may rant about things and I may, you know, get emotional and get a little bit frustrated on, on some of the things that have happened, I always make sure that I end with, and I love her and we've done amazing things together. I've helped her um, really come into uh, who she is as a herbalist, and she did a lot of that herself as well, right? So it's not that I want to take any ownership on anything. It's that I want to recognize that I played a significant role in her transforming her life, and I got to watch her do that herself as well, and that it's just come to a point where the lesson is, okay, now how do we um, kind of sever our ties in a very clean way so that it's a clean cut, there isn't any pain, there isn't any trauma, and it's it can be healed easily on both of our ends, right? That when I think about my last relationship and just how kind of messy and confused it was, and how long it took me to even come to terms with what was happening, I'm just not surprised that even over the course of a couple of weeks that I'm able to really come to terms with what the reality is, but still be okay with not knowing. Like that was the biggest thing for me is that, you know, I just, I don't know. And I'm just going forward and I, I feel really great doing that. And don't you think that like not knowing is almost like a superpower to like really give in to that energy of like I don't know and like that is so free and I love that because there's times where you know it's like people want to be like well what happened man and then you start talking about your relationship and you can say all these things but in your mind you're like no that's not true and that's not absolute and that's not for certain mm -hmm. like and I, I, I do that with myself a lot. Like anytime I start talking about something that I think I know when I'm de declaring something, it's like I can hear in my mind the counter, um, not argument, but just perspective of what that also could be. And I don't know, I've been really into like um, timelines lately. <laughs> I keep talking about this with everybody. Like any, any like, spiritual work people come to to do like I'm literally about timelines because I do really feel and it's just been the, my spiritual journey that I've been on forever and ever the more I'm on it and the more I'm just like mindful I just think that life is like a choose your own adventure story and those timelines like they're all like they're all possible everything's possible you getting back together you guys staying apart you guys being miserable together you guys being happy together like you guys can't finding some commonality or you know anything like all of those things i think are almost like happening simultaneously and it's like depending on your alignment and your choice and your perspective is how that's all going to work out so we don't it's like we are the co-creators of our existence but we also really don't know and that's kind of the beauty and the fun of it because if we did how boring would that be to just be like I know we're going to get back together and I know when and I know what we're going to do the next day. But, you know, you're like, mm -hmm. that's so 
it's not fun. Yeah, and and I think there's a balance between what how you can exercise a knowing and how you can surrender into not knowing where that's good yeah and and the knowing in me is recognizing if um we can both be responsible for the changes that need to be made in each of us to allow for the relationship to come back together and flourish right so then there's a knowing in me that there's things that I'm going to look for as signs and symbols and synchronicities that are going to spark excitement and spark the yeses. And also looking for the things that in my knowing that are going to spark the no's, right? That are going to be like, no, this is the same pattern, right? And because at any point I can easily move back in and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm in. And then a week later, we go through the same thing, right? We are, are just, we really haven't taken the time to grow or really learn the lessons. And then it, it just becomes a burden again, where then the, the surrendering into not knowing is, like you said, the timeline of that, right? I, I can't expect that it's going to be tomorrow or next week or next month or next year. And, and so just by not knowing and just keeping the timeline completely open, then there's this like sigh of relief that I don't have to carry that as a burden. I don't have to carry that in my consciousness of like, well, when is it going to happen? Right. Cause I don't know, but I do know that now I have boundaries and standards and that's what I'm going to look for. So if I, if I see continual red flags and red lights then that to me in the knowing can be so much more firm that the best thing is just to continue on on our own path and that's and that's totally fine and the the way that i kind of introduce yoga into this is um like the yamas and yamas and ashtanga yoga so i I've been really focusing on ahimsa and satya, so non-harm and truthfulness, right? So how can I be um, true to not harming this person and how do I be true to truthfulness so that I'm not harming myself at the same time and I'm being true to myself at the same time as well. And what that translated as is Yes, continue the things that you've already been doing. That is how you are true to yourself. Because if I were to slip into some kind of depression and just stop everything, that's partly of what she wanted, right? And the attention that she wanted. And, you know, for me to only go to work and come home and that's it. There's no time for anything extracurricular that I want to do if it's making music or doing a podcast or working out. And then it just becomes a really clear indicator that um, staying true to all the things that I love is the harmonious path. And then that's where I can exercise the knowing right and have that balance between i don't know what the timeline is 
but I know that I love myself and I love her and this is the best way that I can love myself. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Like, um, I don't know. I think a lot of relationships are based on like this codependency. Right. Mm-hmm. And what I found, you know, there's, there, I guess like I have a complex of being, I, I haven't been in a whole lot of relationships to be honest with you. I've avoided them like my whole entire <laughs> life. Like, Anytime, like, I didn't really have a lot of, anytime, like, boys or men, well, it was really boys in high school, like, wanted to get serious, I just had nothing to do with it. I just could not take it seriously, and I just didn't want any sort of, like, I don't know, I was just, (laughs) I was, like, a guy's worst nightmare, pretty much. But, um, I find it, I find it really interesting that, like, you can get into these relationships, and like the codependency part it just it just like creeps in without us really knowing and it becomes like this like fear and insecurity and resentment and jealousy and like all of these these emotions that like aren't even ours and then I feel like um it's almost like you know I think you were talking about like in the apartment that you just used to live in like this dark entity or whatever mm-hmm. it's almost like there that that entity or a entity kind of starts hanging around the relationship and almost like feeds off of that negativity you know and i don't know i i just i wonder how much we're influenced by the frequency around us by like discordant energies that are feeding off of that negativity you know, all the frequencies coming from, like, the television, the music that we listen to, or just our inability to really um, address and let go of our trauma. And so instead of instead of understanding that we might be reacting to something that happened to us, like an, in- an insecurity when we were, like, five years old, when we're, like, 25 years old or 45 years old or however old we are... Um, that it feels like that's happening in real time and we're responding in very immature ways because it's that original trigger that gets um, that gets the response from when it originally happened, you know? But you're, so it's like you're a little child <laughs> in an adult situation and you don't know how to handle it. So there's like frustration and there's jealousy and there's blame and there's all this overreacting or underreacting. And I just, I really do think that the key to really being able to be in healthy relationships is addressing a lot of our early trauma that we have. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, how much are we responding in our relationship from our relationships with our parents, for God's sake, you know? Or, or something that happened to us very traumatically when we were little. I mean, it's so common, you know, that um, it just doesn't get taught how you deal with it. And then we're fed these, you know, it, it might be that we're fed these fairy tales and we don't buy into them anymore because we know that they're really stupid and they're archetypes and they're kind of ridiculous because they're very extreme and they're very one-dimensional but it doesn't mean that it doesn't affect us on a psychological level whether you know we believe in it or not and that's kind of the crazy thing of indoctrination that we're exposed to on so many levels 
notes, which I find that when I'm really looking at things that I've been resonating on, that maybe I had been blaming somebody else, or if I start to hear myself kind of get triggered, I'm, I really am starting to more and more like wonder what insecurity that's actually activating inside me. And some people are just shitty and you need to get away from them, but there's also like a lot of lessons to be learned just being around people that are triggering, people that are negative, people that are like invoking something. And I don't know, I walk this kind of like fine line of is that a frequency that I'm resonating on and attracting that into my life or is that a is that a trigger that I need for something deeper within me to be revealed to me? You know, and well, you know, and then there's also infinite possibilities of what all of that could be. But I don't know. I just I think that it's really great. I'm I'm glad to hear that you're going through these kinds of things and that you're doing it in really healthy ways, which is loving yourself and giving yourself love and connecting with your community, and then also taking that energy and wanting to extend that to you know, this person that you spent so many years with them, and um, regardless of how it works out, I think that's just a really beautiful thing. And hmm, Thank you. I wish that we were taught these things, you know, um, how helpful would this be? If, like, children were taught how to, you know, convert these emotions that we have of maybe things not working out the way that they think into actual life lessons and with deeper ways that we can give ourselves that love, you know, and then mirror that back to the world and shine that out to the world because it really is, um, it really is deep healing work. And a lot of us that go through that have to go through all the trial and error and trudges and regard, you know, and which is great. We're kind of paving the way for, I think, our future children and grandchildren and, and um, future generations because I really feel like what we go through and what we really process in this life and what we really let go of and heal in our trauma, we're healing into the future. Like, we don't realize that, I think, sometimes, mm-hmm. but we really are healing the future, you know? Yeah, and there's there's a That's responsibility. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and there's a responsibility um like personally to to have the strength to endure right because th- that child within us that is now experiencing an adult body and has been within this darkness of of possibly a trauma or um something um just psychological that's deeply rooted in negative behaviors and patterns that as the initiation into adulthood there's a responsibility to know how to harness that energy in a way that is beneficial where if it's left unconscious and it's left um kind of as an open wound that's still festering and it's still causing um um like a seep like it's seeping through um as a trauma that 
it it seems when you look at it finally like a, a like a monster it seems so heinous and it seems so arduous but this is where I think the a uh, spiritual pa- practice is just so beneficial, and the the unfortunate thing is that it's become so widely commercialized that like a spiritual practice for the sake of yourself and the sake of your healing and the sake of your immediate friends and family and community is something that you can offer through presence and offer through healing is co-opted into a way of like i need to make as much money as i possibly can off this and make it into a viable business and into this successful machine and by no means do i think that it's wrong to do that but i think that there's there must be an appreciation for the spiritual practice if it's yoga or if it's whatever religion that it's deeply personal first and it's deeply for yourself your immediate loved ones and your community as um, an act of like seva or um, like um, just service where there's a balance between the work that you do on yourself and the way that you serve the people around you and i think in it in the realm of being in a relationship that there's an agreement for both people to do their best in that work, right? And that for me, um, I'm not trying to pressure my partner into doing it the way that I do and vice versa, right? And that we can come together to enact and to realize healing um, for the betterment of both of us. And I saw personally for myself that it became one-sided. It was something that I was doing and she really had no interest in. And then so when I see all this like kind of dark energy from, you know, if it's an entity or not, um, that my solution to get back into a spiritual practice is um, unreasonable suddenly and that's what was also hurtful is like i shouldn't be really doing my yoga practice and spiritual practice it doesn't matter anymore it's just you know it's just a part of a community of these hippies that don't know how to really be responsible and they're (laughs) they're you know everything that they say is bullshit but then when i look back on my own experience with these people i'm like well i had lovely conversations and connections and we did a lot of great things so it doesn't make sense on my end and then it just becomes clear that um you know there's a lot of personal healing that has to be done on her end and um this the sadness in me is um coming from the unwillingness to do it together right so um together and we lived together and then we moved out and I lived in 
to a crazy person's house and then I'm back on the boat and I'm probably, you know, so, but, and I, and I understand what you're saying because I, when I would, there's times where I kind of put my spiritual work in order to sit in a relationship on the back burner and that's not blaming him or blaming myself. It's just something that happened and and it and it kind of slowly started happening and then but what i noticed is that when i just got to this point where i had to put my spirituality first and i decided to that's when the relationship all the insecurities a lot of the turmoil a lot of this like tumultuous energy that maybe was brewing but wasn't really apparent it it it's kind of weird. Like I literally am dating my twin flame and I understand how lame that sounds because I'm not like in a way to be like, Oh, it's my twin flame and we're so friends. But the synchronicities, the things that, uh, with us, with me and each other's lives, it's undeniable. It's, it's ridiculous how much spiritual work I think that we are meant to show each other. It's, it's out of hand, but (laughs) he would go dormant. And almost like, and then I would get insecure about like doing sound or doing my rituals and doing my magic. And so I wouldn't do it or I would not want to do it in front of him because I didn't want him to be gone. Same with like podcasting, like I kind of stopped podcasting and then, but once I just kind of like was like, I don't know, I just, maybe I got to my, um, don't give a shit anymore, like put myself first, which it's not like he was putting me last. I was, like I said, I was just that, those clothes I was dressing myself in. But once I started doing that, the relationship would just get so unstable. And it would just get to a point where I was feeling so good and it just wasn't working out. And like, it would just kind of blow up. But what's interesting is every time that that happens, I don't even know, like things that just weren't serving us, um, which was kind of what we were doing to ourselves in the relationship would fall away. And then what would be left was this like unconditional love for one another, which Mm -hmm. is a really beautiful thing. And then that was the most important thing was that, um, you know, I wanted to be kind to somebody. I wanted somebody to experience like, like I wanted the best for somebody and that was like a new thing for me to kind of you know because before I if I didn't like somebody and rip them off I just would write them off and I wouldn't think about them ever again you know or if I did it would be like in the worst way possible (laughs) um and so that to me is like a beautiful thing but I it's interesting like every time too that I would leave or we would break up or something like that he would come back to spirituality he would find it himself he would start meditating more and find that he needed to meditate more and and that's a really beautiful thing too and it's it's almost like um i don't know if it's just like what i've experienced in my life but sometimes it's like the more i want to share my spiritual experiences with people like i used to want to share it with my family because i wanted them to feel good and and I'd always feel really rejected because they would never accept it. And, you know, they like my dad, who's a theologian, thinks that God, like, love is nothing to do with God, which is ridiculous. <laughs> my dad is, like, 
I don't know. You feel cut off from spirituality. I don't know. But so I would feel rejected and I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I'm attracting that into my life. Like these people that for whatever reason reject my true spiritual beliefs. And then a thought, some of that was like, it came for me to realize that I was insecure about some of my spiritual beliefs and really expressing them. I don't know, those breakups or the burning all the power down revealed all that to me and then made me understand like on a much deeper level that that literally is the most important thing in my life and I'm not good in relationships without it. I'm not a good parent without it. I'm not a good um, person to myself. I'm not a good anything without that first. Mm. So I like what you're saying as far as like, you know, you can make profit off of fun doing spiritual work with people, and that's a beautiful thing because it's a currency, and I think that there is an energy exchange of appreciation um, that is valuable and that can be valued and, and honored in a, in a really spiritual way. But if that's all you're doing and you don't have that fundamental spiritual source energy coming from within you activated within you and coming out of you then i don't know you can have everything in the world you can have the most best looking everything in the world and just be super unhappy you know Mm. um so i don't know i just think that it's all really cool like relationships are such a fun thing uh they're very complicated and the amount of consciousness that we are brewing on all levels all the time is pretty unfathomable when you think about it. It's, it's pretty amazing. Like, we are not one-dimensional beings. We have a multitude of emotions going on. And the fact that we can love some, some, somebody so much that, I mean, like, we're so sick of them the next morning or can't stand, like, how they look up, you know, like, while they're eating or something like that. It's just, it's... It's a really funny thing, you know, and um, but it's all it's all really beautiful. It's just all learning experiences, you know. It's like this is the realm of learning, and we can be teachers, but we also have to remember that we are always a student, and everyone can be our teacher. Um, and it doesn't, you know, we can learn from every situation that we're in, and uh, to let go of this like. I don't know, almost like shield of victimhood and victimization. Yeah. You know? And we're really, we're indoctrinated to, to adopt that too. I mean, when, you know, I don't know if you've experienced this, but it's like when you wake up, you're like, well, go out and have as much sex as humanly possible or go drink or you should go, you know, like they just tell you things you should have an affair. Or you can, you know, and you're like, what are you talking about? Like, you can do all those things and that's fine. I'm not judging anybody that's doing them, but like, why is self-destruction automatically like this held high standard of something that you need to do in order to get over a relationship? It's like, yeah. Why well, would you want to get over it? You need to like absorb what just happened and process the last yeah um, years of what just happened, you know? Well, I think um, a common view or like a kind of like normal societal view of relationships is that it's kind of self-deprecating where um, 
you, you there's so many limitations there's so many things you can't do there's this sense of of a lack of freedom right and it and i think it has to do with our kind of animalistic sense of of lust and desire and just um fulfilling fulfilling needs um where when you're single you can do whatever you want right like you're not really held accountable um for how you fulfill those desires and so when you're in a relationship there's a lot happening in the mind of you know especially what you were saying that like in one day you know you love your partner so much and then the next day it's like you just hate them right that in 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 that dichotomy and that duality is that when you're in that sense of love and appreciation and compassion your needs are fulfilled by your own love in that moment and then when you slip out of alignment of that and um you know you're slipping into the frustration and the anger towards someone then some then you're feeling like your needs aren't being satisfied so then you want to act on your animalistic tendencies and so it seems to make sense for people to want you to just go out and like unleash yourself into the world and but i but i totally agree how um self-destructive that is and really you're just setting yourself up for the same kind of relationship next anyways right where if you can really just take the time to sit and be like what actually is the best course for me to take and it i think inevitably it's going to be self-improvement and it's going to be getting back into this role of being a learner where i think over time in a relationship um the ego gets inflated in a way you think that like you just kind of know everything about yourself and this person right and that like this is just how life is going to be for the next you know 60 years or whatever right um but then all of a sudden all that comes crashing down then you're left with yourself and yeah you can go in either two ways either you do go into the path of just like self-deprecation and you think you're free but you're really just layering on all this turmoil and and just suppressing it or you find a way to become the learner again and learn everything that you can to your capacity and your ability to see how you can level up and that the next level doesn't even in, doesn't even involve whether or not you're going to be in a relationship again right the next level is how you are more responsible to your growth and the inclusion of spirituality and I, and, and I think that's why that's so common in people is because they don't have any kind of spirituality. So they think that, um, you know, just going out and getting drunk every weekend, who gives a shit? You're free. Like, go hang out with your friends and, you know, like, get laid as much as possible. Like, oh, you had savings because you and your partner were trying to save for something. Just go blow it. Who cares? Money comes, mm-hmm. money goes, you know. Um, and what the introduction of spirituality can be is a morality and an ethics of taking all that energy that you were about to just fucking unleash into the world and concentrate it inside of yourself 
and concentrated into your heart and concentrated into learning a greater capacity for loving kindness and compassion and seeing how that itself is a magnet that you're going to draw new experiences into your life new people and synchronicities to go to different kinds of events and then suddenly you're meeting excuse me new people where suddenly your you know your attention is caught by someone that suddenly you're attracted to but because you chose this new path of really investing into yourself you know now immediately the lessons that you've learned right because you've taken that time to really um examine all of it and then see okay 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 okay. yes i'm attracted to this person and in my last relationship i jumped right in it without needing to even learn about them and that's what bit me in the ass because suddenly we're so different and our you know we have no commonality at all right so this time i'm going to get to learn the person and I'm going to ask them questions. What kind of shows that they like? Do they like to go camping? You know, like what kind of food do they like? All that stuff, you know, and you just kind of can exercise that loving compassion for yourself by then getting to know this other person. You can judge, okay, well, you know, it'd probably be better if, you know, we just are hanging out with friends and that's it, right? Or everything clicks and you know, the next step is, you know, are they going to have the capacity for loving kindness and compassion? Because that was the the red flag for me is that I literally asked my partner at times because she'd just be like super rude and harsh to me. And I would just say, you know, what is it going to take for you to just be kind? Like, can you be kind to me and have her straight look at me and say, no, I'm not going to I'm not going to be kind to you. I'm not going to have any compassion for you and being like, okay, that's uh, that's a wrap. <laughs> yeah, to me, that's a reflection of something that's been going on internally. And that's, that's, you know, that's the thing that like when you talk about alchemizing, like to me, I'm like, oh, that's magic. That's alchemizing all of that energy that you could explode into the world of self-reflection or whatever. And you're alchemizing that and internalizing it into this superpower that we all have the ability to do to raise our vibration and tap into our own skills and abilities and gifts of love and compassion and then I think that that's you know that does resonate out and that will like that frequency of you changing your frequency is going to attract that same kind of frequency which is a beautiful thing and so just regardless of how the relationship that you know um, evolve into it's you're attracting like your highest vibrational self at that time and you know you just can't go wrong with that like I think it is like that's when synchronicities start happening it's like you're in that true alignment with yourself and so you're on like an optical timeline for you to you know meet the people in your life that will um, look at you and be kind and choose to be kind and want that for you because I, you know, I, I can relate with both things. I've been in relationships with people where I have been so shitty and arrogant that <laughs> I acted just like that. You know, it's almost like I reveled in being an asshole. Like, I think my spirit animal, one of them, uh, on the lowest level, you know, 
maybe I'm a hive and I recruit is a donkey because it's just <laughs> just a stubborn like, ass. People, just a stubborn <laughs> ass, and if like somebody wants a specific response from me, I will like even if it's even to spite my fiance, like cut your nose open and spite your fiance. Like it's that kind of rude that I mm-hmm. Like some five year old self defense, you know, uh, insecurity or something that you feel upset. And it's a good thing for me to recognize that because, like, deep down, like, I think being stubborn is an ally, right? I don't think it's all negative. I think mm-hmm. having donkey energy has gotten me into a lot of good places as well. But at the same time, like, in my life right now, where I'm at, experiences that I've had I'm like wow I don't ever want to look at somebody and say that to them you know I don't Mm -hmm. ever want to I don't ever want to be that way and I certainly don't want to be that way about people that are important in my life you know and so um yeah but you know I think it's cool like you're very fortunate that you get these perspectives and that you get to experience all of these things and my dad always told me that you can learn just as much from people that you don't like as much as you can from people that you like. I think he actually said you can learn just as much from dumb people as you can from smart people. And I think he told me that when I was like really young, like you know, seven or eight years old. And I, for some reason, I took that so deeply to heart. And that really is like one of my mottos. I'm like, yes, you actually can learn on how not to behave by seeing people behave in ways that are unattractive to us like that is a teacher so you can be like oh thank you <laughs> and then yeah. move on <laughs> you know i really appreciate that lesson that you've shown me like i don't want to do that to anybody that's a beautiful thing to know you know that's a that's a authentic knowing i think mm-hmm. so yeah i don't know it's I'm happy for you. I'm excited. I'm always excited when people are going through transformation. And, you know, it's like somebody's telling me they're getting divorced. I'm like, yes. And <laughs> I don't mean that in a negative way. I know it sounds very disruptive. But sometimes I think we need that disruption. It's almost like, you know, there's times where people are like, why is COVID happen? Why, why, why did all this stuff happen? And it's like, well, think of all the changes that it has invoked. All that earthquake, all of that tumultuous energy that was there vibrating anyways, mm-hmm. whether it was passively, aggressively being even tweeted about or Facebooked about or whatever. Now people are, you know, um, having a lot of mirrored imagery and mirrored behaviors um, kind of flash back at them, and that can be very uncomfortable. So there is a lot of unsettled energy right now going on. And I think, you know, that's really come to a peak. I don't know, you know, where the peak ends and the healing begins. I I really do sort of feel like we are on this, um, I did for a while feel like we were on this kind of like fear decline and this like, you know, healing. But I don't know. I think it depends where you live in the world right now because – where I live, there's so much, there's so much silliness of fear of this, all, everyone, like everyone, the whole town has tested positive for COVID, like everyone that's gotten tested has been, and then 
I live in a town where almost everybody got vaccinated. And so it's really become, and then we were supposed to do a podcast and I got really, really sick. I totally faked it. Like I, yeah, I totally messed up like last week because I was so disoriented and it wasn't like I was just sick. There was also all of this other psychological like implications that went with being sick, including being discriminated against. Like I really was treated like a pariah and and treated very badly, not by everybody, but by a few, um, a few people. And that was really bizarre to experience that like firsthand of, um, I don't know. It's just, it, we're living in like really actually pretty bizarre times. So I think it's more important than ever to, you know, do my spiritual practice. I do it every morning. I do it every night. I do it often as possible. And, you know, I get out in nature. I try and be kind to my children. I try to be kind to my partner. I try to be kind to just everybody that I interact with. I try to be very kind to myself. And I, I feel like that's how you know, we raise the vibration of the planet mm-hmm. by taking all of that and doing it for ourselves first so we can alchemize that and it can amplify out so that frequency can be felt and it can also be, like, received by others. And, man, when, you know, it's, like, it's so fun meeting somebody whose light is on. It's just, it's not like one light outshines the other it's just that both lights just get brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and that's like the funnest part about meeting people not that are exactly like you but that that's the most important thing to us too is to meet someone by a high moral standard and spiritual living yeah whatever that is for them yeah so i think to kind of wrap up here and yeah, I really, really love what you're what you're saying there. That like even amidst all of the turmoil that we're going through as a species on the planet, that it it can <clears throat> all be whittled down to just a really simple truth of kindness and love and compassion. Where it's it can be really difficult for some people, right? Just like even in your case, where you're like you're you're sick and you're going through all this stuff and then but there's still some people that want to exercise their own free will to to just um shame me for being yeah to like yeah just to like have that shame and um and so you know i think the the overall message for the end here i think for for people listening to this is for all of us to do our best to exercise that loving compassion and kindness, um, you know, and even if we don't, even if we find that, you know, for for whatever reason, we get just triggered and it just comes out that it's okay as long as we can follow up with that loving kindness and compassion, you know, and, and I think that's where the the lesson is for all of us on this planet is like um it's okay to make mistakes and you know as as long as we can recognize that it's our responsibility 
to follow up with that kindness. And the same thing happened to me at work the other day, you know, like I have a manager who's been picking on a new employee and I just got fed up and he came up to us because I was showing the new employee um, just some mistakes that he was making with the powder coating. And, you know, we were just kind of having a conversation about this. And then the manager came up and just yelled at us to tell us to separate and to go do different things. And I a fuse just lit and I went out and I just reamed him out. And fortunately, my brother is like my boss. So I have like complete job security <laughs> like there's nothing ever that's going to happen that i'll ever be fired so you know i just went up to the manager and i just let him have it and i just was like and i was defending this new employee but then it kept me up at night you know like i didn't really sleep that well that night but when i woke up in the morning i went to the manager immediately and i was just like i apologize for yesterday and um, you know, I was just defending the employee. I think, you know, as we, w what we can do to move forward is just to have meetings to kind of get an idea of what we're all doing. And then it totally switched the whole dynamic where he was like, kind of, um, like quiet and wasn't looking at me and was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then as soon as I apologized and as soon as we started talking, then everything shifted and we got right back into our normal dynamic and we we're fine after that. Right. So I think that's just the kind of step that we can take, especially when it comes to um, social media and this whole thing of like misinformation and disinformation and, and all this stuff is that, you know, for us to exercise, if we're going to have an argument with someone that at the end we can just say, yeah, I'm sorry for, you know, my attitude and yelling, you know, this is my stance on this and this is your stance and, and you know, I can accept it and that's just how we're going to go. But um, well, I think apologizing is a superpower too. And I think that like what you're saying shows almost everybody wants harmonious, homeo like that's our homeostasis. It's yeah. Right? We don't want to be in some... I mean, some people, yeah, it's drama, and they always want drama. Most people, though, do not. Most people want things... So that's like a conditioning, though. It's like a conditioning to keep up this disruptive behavior. Because if you hadn't apologized, holy shit, like, that feud could have gone on for, like, 10 years, you know? Yeah. Like, it could have grown into something. And then it's like, what, you... every. You know, every interaction that you have, you go to a festival and talk about how your boss is an asshole. Like, that's your story. And it's like, how many people are just walking around with these belief systems that are not even theirs? They've just convinced themselves according to a perspective. And I think that that's the beautiful thing. It's like, a miracle is literally a shift in perspective. And mm -hmm. when you apologize, you have taken that timeline of you guys being feuding and you being a dick and and him hating you or whatever or can't believe what you talked to him like that or whatever you've like that timeline you just jumped you fucking jumped and you did like a choose your own adventure story where you changed the story of the outcome based on perception and then his whole perception changes because there's a deeper understanding that you guys both want peace you know yeah and 
and just like the recognition of you think. yeah communication is like so la- like communication and misunderstanding is like 99% of what the fuck is going on yeah. in the world today <laughs> and feuding like there's people that are like oh I actually thought you said I hate you and you're like no dude I said bye I'll see you tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> you know and then you know, people will just not talk to each other for years about that kind of perception. And, mm-hmm. you know, that goes back to relationships. How many relationships are built on nonverbal misunderstanding communication of our own insecurities? Wow. Yeah. So much. I mean, it's so much. And so, I don't know. It, it's It's such an interesting topic that you you know it's like the learning and the teaching and the lessons and the growing and the spiritual um the spiritual lessons of it all are just never ending with relationships and that's really the beautiful part about it is we can learn so much just of our own selves that um it's it's invaluable information. There's nothing that you can read about in a book can tell you about this. Like, this is stuff you gotta go through. Yeah. And you really have the opportunity to grow if you want to. All that's there. That timeline exists. But all the opportunity to just, like, stay in some feud and, you know, have your story and stick with it and tell everybody, you know, you come in contact with, that timeline exists, too. And you get to decide, like, which one you want. So, I don't know, it's, um, I don't know, I just, I think that, I just think it's so neat, and like, it's magic, everything is so magic, (laughs) I love how magical life is, and, yeah, Yeah. I think, teaching people that magic is real, and that we're the magic, and you can alchemize your emotions, you can alchemize frequency, by doing things like yoga, and and meditation and taking these like deep philosophical practices and or religious um, ideologies and incorporate them into your life to spread more higher vibrational energy it's such a cool thing such a cool thing that we can do I totally agree (laughs) well um, thank you so much for hopping on my podcast Um, yeah yeah, I'm I just excited for you. What is the name of this podcast? The Renegade Yogi Podcast Experience. That's right. Okay. Ripe. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, I'm still um, I actually I don't know if I told you this the last time or if that had happened, but I took my um podcast Spirit Junkie, I took it completely off. I kind of I had my own you know, burning the tower down, and that was part of it, of this experience that I had that I won't get into because it's way too long, but mm-hmm. um, right now, I'm just doing Consciousness on Tap, and that's on rockfin.com slash Consciousness on Tap, and then, you know, I post pictures of my dog, and, you know, I post a lot on Instagram. I don't do a lot of um, spiritual promotion, necessarily. Sometimes I do, for, like, I've been doing a lot of full moon um, sound bath and, and lunar sound bath, and I just taught my first workshop um, that was really, really, really cool. It was, I, it was pretty amazing. It was mm-hmm. um, 
it was a fun experience. And so I'm going to do more of those. And I post those on Instagram. And I think that's Spirit Junkie 1331 is my Instagram. Mm-hmm. But yeah, where is your podcast? Is it on Rockfin? Or where's it at? Nope. I, I upload it through transistor.fm. So it goes to like oh, cool. seven okay. different platforms like Spotify and iTunes. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I'm hoping to get on Rockfin at some point. Um, I've been like really trying to get on the tinfoil hat, but, um, yeah, I think I've just, (laughs) I think I've just annoyed Mark too much to being like, Hey, can you talk to Sam? Um, so I'm just doing my own thing right now until, until it happens. Um, yeah, I have some like cool stuff. Um, coming down the line because I pitched an idea for an episode um, that's a lot along the lines of my work with Future Life Regression and my theories around endogenous DMT and the history of um, humanity. So um, I'm actually, I'm teaming up with a um, psychologist. Um, We're gonna do a, a case study on looking at EEG readings um, to compare um, EEG readings from a study of participants doing DMT and looking at the brain waves and see what happens when people are on DMT and they're getting their uh, brain waves examined. Mm-hmm. Um, and our study is going to be the series of breathing techniques that I do that I, in my hypothesis, is that I am actually manipulating and, um, um, I don't really like the word manipulating, but I'm inducing, yeah, yeah, that I'm stimulating and inducing my own endogenous DMT. So we're going to look at the brain readings and the, through the EEG when I do these techniques. Um, and so that's not going to be until, November when we actually start the study and so then at least when I kind of reapproach Mark and um, Sam that I have like some information from the study and we can kind of go from there but then yeah I'm just like I'm starting to like slowly get a little bit more attention I got a, a message from a guy yesterday who wants to be on on the podcast and so I'm just like slow drip you know i'm just like you know i think about like coffee that you can have like a french press coffee that you know you make within a couple minutes or you can have an espresso through a slow drip where it's like nice and strong and you know you have to be patient in making it and waiting for it so um (laughs) yeah i'm thinking of it that way (laughs) a slow drip powerful yeah slow drip coffee podcast (laughs) yeah all we talk about is slow drip coffee yeah you know i think the most thing is just having fun yeah and just letting go of any fucking podcast you get on because all that is just kind of a pissing contest i feel like and it's like (laughs) fuck all that that that's that doesn't make you more credible or more incredible like depending on who's you're on like just being your authentic self and I kind of um yeah I I kind of like fell back in love with podcasting again when I just let go of all that stuff yeah fuck all that 
it's some <laughs> sort of dumb hook that people might be using to lead you on, you know, for their own weird energy behavior, which I'm just like not into that. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Because, you know, if you say you're going to do something and then you sort of lead somebody on for a long time, it says more about like you doing that than that person leading. You know? Yeah. So, but then you got to come to a point where it's like, Oh, I'll let go of all that fucking shit too, man. And that's really where I'm at with like this, you know, instead of willing everything into my life and being like, I need, I need this to happen in order for this to feel like I've achieved something or, you know, and I'm just speaking for myself. Um, I really am. I'm like, I'm, I, I'm not done with that because I feel like my will is something that's going to be with me for the rest of my life. But I do think looking at it in a different way and being like, why am I trying to manifest this? What, why do I feel like I need this? Like, why do I feel like I have to use sheer will? And even if I get it, am I going to appreciate it because I had to like will it so hard, you know, or, or would I rather just like be like, well, I guess I'll just be on that alignment optimal frequency and then just there might be something way fucking better than what I thought, you know? Mm-hmm. There might be something more deeper in store for me than something that I thought was going to give me X, you know? Yeah. And I got Z or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. I think it's really cool. I think this podcast is really cool. I'm, I'm, um, I'm really excited. Uh, I, if, if you're cool with it, let me know when... Um, you're going to post it, and so I can also, like, share it and be like, hey, look what fucking Alex on. Yeah, on I'm, uh, <laughs> so yeah. over the last, like, few weeks, um, uh-huh. I, a, a lot of my podcasts have been neglected because of just not having the time to do things and also having, like, this, like, subliminal guilt around doing it, right? So I've just spent the last couple of weeks just, like, releasing all that. And so now being yeah. like, I have every day that I can work on a little bit. So I have a few episodes that I still need to edit and release. But um, yeah, I'll let you know as soon as um, as soon as I'm going to release this yeah. one. And um, yeah, and then I'll have like clips for you to share and stuff like that. So, cool. so. Yay. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into this episode of Renegade Yogi Podcast Experience with myself and Lindsay. You can find her podcast um, pretty much anywhere as well, specifically Rockfin Consciousness on Tap. And um, yeah, so thank you. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Enjoy. Bye.